Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you just as humble as we know how. Truly today we have a song in our heart, a new song. We've heard the reading of your word. We know that you are God and you are God alone, that you are a jealous God and beside you there will be no other. We're so grateful that we're on the right side, on the winning side, on your side. We want your kingdom to come. We want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're grateful that you are a forgiving God and that you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you for forgiving us of all deeds undone and deeds that were done in intention. Thank you that when you cleanse us, you cleanse us whiter than snow as if nothing was ever done to offend you. For this we're grateful. We're grateful for our first family. We're grateful for our congregation. We're grateful for the victory you gave this morning as an answer to prayer for outreach. Thank you that they remember us and they know us and that they're willing to be helped by us. Thank you that they see you in us. For that, we're grateful. So much to be grateful for. So much to be thankful for. So much to be reminded of, of the ways you've made, the things you've done, the doors you've opened, the hand you've stayed, the devourer you rebuked, the healings that have come. We lift our sister Nikki to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus, thanking you for the outcome that it wasn't what it could have been. And we're asking you to bring peace to her body as it, she rests and it heals itself. We come against blood clots. We come against any negativity that might have come against her. It won't work. Thank you, dear God, for the victory of our women's fellowship. Thank you for the love that was extended heart to heart by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the fun, the laughter, the strength that was given and gotten. Thank you for our sister Kelly in our midst. And thank you for how you continuing to heal our body, oh God. Thank you, dear God, for the, for the good things we've been hearing. Oh God, we're grateful. We're grateful that we can gather that even in a time like this, we won't forget to come and assemble ourselves together under the safety and the guidelines and the principles that have been stated in the earth. But greater than that, we know that you have us. We know that you cover us. We know that we win. We know that there is faith over fear. We know that your name is greater than COVID. We're thanking you for our teenagers, God. I'm asking you, God, to give us, give us some creative ideas to engage them in ministry. Let them know how needful they are. Let them have watchful eyes on what they're the next step. They're the next helping hands. They're the next place takers. We're counting. 
waiting on them to win their generation, to engage their generation, to evangelize their generation, to speak for you, God, here in the earth. Let them do things your way and not the way of the world. Let them not be conformed to the world, but let them hold up your standards and, and let them tell that you are the banner over them. And that banner is love. And love is as strong as death. We're looking for a great word this morning. We know that you have allowed your leader to go down in the storehouse of wisdom and that he will pull up the bread for us this morning. That he will feed his sheep, oh God. And that we will have food for the weak and food to give out. Food to apply, things to change things that will help us be built up and encouraged and satisfied. We tell you, thank you. Those who are not in our midst that wanted to be, give them peace. Those that need to be in our midst and are not, stir them up, don't give them rest. We're asking you to provoke them to righteousness. We're asking you to shake them out of their slumber and their sleep. We're asking you to disturb them so that they will want to come to the light. Our hands are put to the gospel plow and we cannot turn back. We cannot let go. We have to stay the course and remain steadfast and unmovable in times such as this. We are the answers in the earth. We are the testimony that our God lives, that our God reigns. Let us be worthy of the calling for which you have called us. And God grant us the strength to be different, to be unique. Let us fulfill our first calling to be loyal to you, to love you to desire to serve you, to want our accolades to come from you. And if no one ever recognizes the things that we've done, let us understand that you keep good books and you get all the glory. Let the anointing be fresh upon your servant. Let him speak the oracles of God, make his face like flint. Let him call out sin where it lies. And let us be a better people for being in the hearing. And this is our prayer we ask in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the strength to speak this morning. Hallelujah. 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 We lift up your name. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you glory.
for just a moment. Let's worship God. I want to hear that guitar for just a moment. I, I just want you to minister. The Bible calls it a, a solar praise. That praise upon the string instruments is that solar praise. <laughs> Glory to God. The Bible says that Saul called for David to offer a Samar praise. When he was troubled with the spirit, there are some of you who are troubled in your spirit. But as we worship God in this fashion, God is going to set you free in your spirit.
You see a lot of back there praise him? That's because you got expectation. If you don't want nothing, you better get out of my way. put my faith on it. I gotta put my faith on it. But I believe it. If God said it, I can have it. If God said it, I can have it. Come on, next level.
So we'll see how that works on next Sunday. Um, and I want to encourage those who weren't on the green to make your way out and be a part of the ministry that we are doing um, on the green. A lot of our ministry is will be probably shifting to outside. Um, so um, be a part of that. Also, service starts at 11.30. We open the doors at 11.30 so that everyone could come in. The temperatures get situated so we can start service at 12. If you have the mindset that, oh, they're not going to start at 12 o'clock, you're going to miss service by the time you get here. Well, you know, most of it. So um, just try to do your best if you can to get here at 11.30. Amen? Any other announcements? Any questions? Any concerns? Any birthdays? Corey turned 10. Happy birthday, Corey. Yeah. Happy birthday, Corey. Come in here clapping. You know, he come in here excited. You made it 10 years, man. That's a milestone. You have survived 10 years of this planet. You understand? That's something to give God some praise for. And 10 years of your daddy and your mama, you got to give God glory for that. You understand? Nobody knows but you the 10 years. You understand? So, <laughs> testify the goodness of the Lord for them 10 years. Amen. <laughs> I think his parents should give God some praise that he was alive for 10 years. If you just go ahead and give God some praise, you don't know the 10, you almost getting see nine, boy. You better give God some praise. All right, I'm just, <laughs> just thought I'd help you out. <laughs> I think you need to make it to the outreach. We had a couple of sandwiches left. You could have, you need to know how to get it where you could get it, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I think Michelle has a couple of bags in her van that's left. We'll help you out with one of them bags. Some oodles and noodles and some oatmeal. Amen. So to God be the glory. <laughs> We're going to get ready to receive our offering. Amen. We want to continue to, Sister Nikki, you know we're praying for you, right? All right, we love you. Thank God that you are, that he has his angels all around you. Amen. Keep them angels busy, I tell you. She does. I want everybody to be in prayer for my daughter this week. She goes for her driver's license test on Thursday. All right, we're praying. And we thank God for Tori, amen. Yeah, we miss Tori. Amen, we get to see our Tori. She's like, yeah, I'm here, I'm here, yeah, amen. Thank you very much. <laughs> With your offering in your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for another opportunity to give back a portion of that which you blessed us with. We pray, Father God, that you will bless it, that you will multiply it, that it will be used for the purposes raised for the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. If you have an offering, you go on your cash app, you do your thing. If you need to bring an offering, bring it on up. Amen. On. As we prepare for the work. Thank you. 
Somebody say, thank God for his grace. Amen, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you. And we bless you. We ask that you would speak to us on this morning. And God, you would help the DJ to turn the music down. So that I'm it's like, thank you for the grace. Um, amen. Father God, we pray that you would speak to us on today. We thank you for laughter. We thank you for family. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. We are at Hosea 13. We read it in your hearing before the prayer. Amen. But if you can get it, I will be coming from... Hosea 13, we have one more chapter, and we will have completed the book of Hosea. Amen. I pray that you have been blessed, that you have been enriched, that it has forced you to go back and even read it again for yourself and glean what God has for you from this wonderful prophecy. Amen? But we are at Hosea 13. And today, if the song didn't give away my topic for this morning, I want to talk to you this morning about the greatness of God's grace. Amen? The greatness of God's grace. I want you to go to Romans chapter 5. And I want to marry chapter 5, verses 18 through 21 with Hosea chapter 13 this morning. While you're getting it, I want to make an announcement that pretty soon we're going to have some um, care packs, some packages. What are they called? Safety packets for our kids that will be returning to school and doing online, um, something that my the Lord has put on my mother's heart, Pastor Mom's heart for children. So that will be coming soon, amen, for the children. Also, in the way of our youth, um, if, if you hear your name being called this morning and roll call, this means it pertains to you, Corey, Mariah. Christian, DeAndre, Alana, Jeremiah, Diamante, yeah, Kurt, <laughs> put everybody, I want y'all all up there. And any other kid that we ain't see up in here right now, amen. Yeah, I, 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 I be messing her name up, Ariana. How you say it? 
Ariana, right? I'm gonna call her. I want to call her Ariel so bad. Every time I try to explain, but all all the children, everybody, teens included, we're gonna start a Zoom class for for you. Amen. Because um, we definitely need to incorporate and get y'all engaged. I know the things that are going on on Thursday night Bible study is a little bit um, far-reaching. Amen. But we, we want to get the kids. And then with the reason I called you teenagers and you pre-adults to be in that class is because we want it to be a mixture of information and encouragement from both sides. So you should always be, you should always have somebody pouring into you and you should always be pouring into someone. Amen. So that will be, that will really kind of diversify that class to a level to where everybody is being encouraged and could see how you're thinking. Amen. And learn some lessons from one another as well as develop trust with one another. Amen. Amen. So we'll be announcing, um, we know we're going to end up taking one of them Nikki nights. No, we're not, because we're going to be on Zoom, so never mind. I forget I even said that. All right, look at us. Just making sure she's paying attention. Go take take both of Nikki Knight. Look at us. All right, no, we're just going we're gonna to leave Nick at night alone. All right? All right, so. Romans chapter 5, verses 18 to 21. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. How many perfect people do you know? How many perfect people? Anybody know any perfect people? Do we have, you, you know, just one, right? Christ, right? The only one. Are there any perfect people in this room right now? That means Jesus is not here. All right, all right. Just making sure. We have found out through our study that Israel is far from perfect. They've rebelled time and time again. And the picture that we should get from this study of Hosea is that God's love is incomparable. When he has every right to bring swift judgment, he shows grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor. We see nothing. We see that it is nothing but God's goodness that rescues us. How many of us have fallen short of the glory of God? How, how many how many times have we been so have we so let down God that we don't know what to do? Have you ever asked yourself, what is it that God could possibly do with me? No, nobody knows how messed up 
you are but you. Jesus. It is, it is amazing to me that God would put up with my nonsense. It is amazing that God has time and time again rescued me from myself. I'm not even talking about the things that I've done, the places I've been, or just delivering me from people, but from myself, from, from my own. You ever ask God to deliver you from something only to keep going back to it? I, 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 I could just testify to myself. You understand? Just, you know, just God, God I, I promise if you, if you just get me out of this, if you, here, here we are again, God, if you, I, I, I disobeyed my parents again, God, here I am again, back, back at square one. And we just, we, we, and then the enemy just plays with you, right? It's like after the enemy taunts you and tempts you and say, go ahead and do it. You're going to be all right. After you do it, he says, look at you, you fool, right? You ever been tormented by the enemy? That you thought he was your friend, that after all he told you to do, he set it up for you and you fell into it. Then he's like, stands back and be like, I wasn't with him. Okay, maybe I, I, I ain't going to say nothing. But, but God, and he, he, he sits, just think about how, uh, you know, how omniscient God is to sit back over something and just see it happening. And then, and then on, to add insult to injury, he says he'll make a way of escape. He shows you the escape door, but we act like we don't see it. Like, like God, don't send deliverance now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna preach to some real people this morning. Like, like, like you, you was praying, God, deliver me, help me, set me free, and He made a way. And then you're like, No, not today. Now, don't deliver me today. And then after we fall, we go right back to God, our Creator, and say, God, forgive me, have mercy. Help me. I, I'm amazed at how strong I get after I've done a thing. Right, right? Like I know every scripture after it's over. If we can only be that strong all the time, right? If we could only be, because cause after you fall into something, I'm going to talk to you for a little while. After we fall into something, we make time to read scripture. Right before, we ain't had no time. But after we fall, we in it. We, we got every book on the table. And we ready until the next fight. Until the next fight. So I just wanna I wanna I wanna see where we are because this this is Hosea's life. This is this is what it is. We already the whole you know 10, 11 chapters, God is God is like saying some he has some serious metaphors. He has some serious ways of dealing with Israel's, you know, indiscrepancies, if that's what we want to call them. 
Like, he judgment with God. He says some stuff. Like, I'm going to kill your babies. Like, I mean, he like, yeah, he like, I'm going to rip them in half and, you know, toss them into the sea where you can never find. Like, God says some stuff that's hard to swallow. And so we are here at chapter 13. And I, I want you to go to verse 4 because I'm, I'm going to start. And, you know, he, he dealt with it. You know, Ephraim spake, they trembled, but, you know, they, they're doing all this wicked stuff, you know. And then he jumps down. And, and let's, just, let's just wait a minute. But before I even go there, since you're in Hosea, go to verse 14 of chapter 12. Let's just... Let's just set this whole thing up right. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The last verse of chapter 12, he says this. Ephraim provoked him, who is God, to anger. Most bitterly, therefore, shall he leave his blood upon him and his reproach shall his Lord return unto him so let's just just setting up the picture Let, let's just say after all of this has been said and done God is pissed that's the Dre translation he's angry most bitterly have you ever been so mad at your kids I mean mad mad And we're talking about God who could do anything. You ain't talking about just making somebody human mad where, okay, you could be mad, but the Bible just says be angry and sin not. We're not talking about you could make your husband mad. You can make your wife mad. They could get angry. You know, but when you got God angry, who controls everything, we're going to have to really deal with some stuff. But he drops down and he says these things in chapter 13. He says, yet I am the Lord your God ever since the land of Egypt. And you shall know no God but me. For there is no savior beside me. I knew you in the wilderness in the land of great drought. Here's my first point. It seems odd that God would have to give his resume. It, it, it seems that God has dealt with Israel for these last 12 chapters. He knows what's going on. And it would seem pretty odd to me that we have an angry God who decides to roll out his resume. And he reminds Israel of the genesis of their relationship. Y'all better help me. He, he says he knew him in Egypt. He said, I didn't, I didn't know you when you were on top of the mountain. I didn't know you when you had it going on. I, I knew you in Egypt. Egypt always represents bondage. But God said, I knew you. And that's, that word knew is intimacy. That's, that means God had an intimate relationship with us, not when we got saved. But when we were in Egypt, 
in our trouble, in our struggle, that's when God knew it. Not only then, he, he said, not only did I know you in Egypt, I knew you in the wilderness. I knew you in the 40 years that you kept walking around the same mountain. Maybe it wasn't 40 for you. Maybe it was a five years. Maybe it was two years. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now. But the, the, the time you keep walking around the same mountain, dealing with the same people, dealing with the same issues, dealing with the same struggle, that's where God knew us. That's where God developed the relationship. And he also says, I knew you in drought. Oh, my God. He said, yet I am the Lord. He said, there's nobody that can save you but me. I know you got issues, but I am your only refuge. I am your only choice. If you're going to come out of something, there is nobody that can deliver you but God. So, I know you're saying that's, that, that makes sense, but, but let's not forget, if God is the only one that can save you, but he is the one that's angry with you, do you see the problem? Why do you want to stay in Egypt? Why do you want to stay in drought? Why do you want to stay in the wilderness? When the only one that can save you is God. But why do we make him angry? Why is it we want to please everybody but the one that can save us? Because we'll hang out in Egypt. But nobody in Egypt can deliver you. We'll keep walking around the same circle, seeing the same people. Listen, God delivered me from the block. I could go ride a block today, and I still, do you ever, you ever go by them old places that you grew up with in your struggle, and then you see the same people? They ain't never left. They call it keeping it real. I call it keeping it real stupid. <laughs> That's what I call it, keeping it real dumb, because you 60 years old. And you still on the block talking about you holding it down. <laughs> you got a cane holding it down. What you talking about? But you, people in the wilderness can't deliver you. Because it's a wilderness mentality. There's some people who like to stay in a drought. I need to be in a place where it's raining. I want to be around people that can water. As well as be watered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but some people, they just, they're so dry. They don't have anything to water you with. And they're just sucking up all your nutrients. It's like crabs in a bucket. Don't never want to see you get to the top. Just when you almost get over and out of the bucket, they... But God said, I, there's no savior but me. And, and I believe God allows us to go to the lips that we need to go to. To understand that there's going to be nobody but him that's going to deliver us. Because look what he says. I'm almost done. <laughs> when they had pasture, they were filled. They were filled with their, and their heart was exalted. Therefore, they forgot me. Now, point two. 
and I only got five. Be careful of being too blessed. Thinking that you got it going on. Because it is the danger of much that leads to forgetting God. Oh, it, it says that when they were filled, it went, you got to be careful. See, that's why about said, Paul said, you know, let, let me have the allotted portion. I mean, don't, don't let me have so much that I forget you. And don't let me have too little that I rob you. You, you guess that? Learn to be content at, at whatever state you're at. Because when you have much, it's usually when you have dried up, when there's little that you seek God. Because you're seeking the only source that can supply your lack. But when you get sources to come from outside of God and look for other ways to supply your needs, then you begin to forget God and think you got it going on. There's nothing like being broke that'll put you on your knees. Y'all better help me up in here. I know I know that's hard to swallow because you're like, well, we serve the God of much. I'm believing God for millions. It's okay to believe God for millions. But you gotta be content with the ones. And can you bless them with the zero? Because sometimes you can get so much that you don't think. It's funny how, 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 okay, not you, your neighbor. It's funny how they came to church every Sunday at everything when they didn't have no money. But as soon as they got a job, because you know that prayer. Father God, I come as humbly as I know how. I promise you, Lord, if you open up this door for me and you give me this job, I promise you, God, I'm not going to be like my neighbor, Jeremiah, and I'm going to tithe. Tithing was easy until you got a promotion. Cause it was easy to give up that ten dollars. Until your tithe turned into a hundred, and you got to tithe a thousand. What you tithe? What? The devil is a lie. It's funny how the devil is a lie every time we got a tithe. And you know, you notice he always a lie. Whenever I got something to do with money. I'm going to leave y'all alone. <laughs> y'all, uh, uh, should I stay right there? Because right, he always a lie right there. Uh, oh, the devil is a lie. I, I want you to bless this. Oh, you, the devil is a lie. No, that ain't God. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't even going to say it. Let me move. So you got to be careful because it says that when they're exalted they forgot God they started getting tied in with the wealth of Egypt not even knowing they were being put in bondage and they started uh, you know marrying the other gods and false people and then they 
You better be careful. Don't I don't know who this is for. Nobody here on social media. Listen, don't marry for money. Marry for ministry. <laughs> All right. So, so you got to be careful. They, for, they forgot God. And so he says, this is what God says to them. Verse 7. Okay, you want to forget me? This is what I'm going to do. So, I will be to them like a lion. Like a leopard by the road, I'm going to lurk. I will meet them like a bear deprived of her cubs. I'm going to tear open their ribcage. And I'm going to devour them like a lion. The wild beast shall tear them. Oh, Israel, you are destroyed. But your help is from me. <laughs> now, now, I had to read that like this so I could really exegete this portion of the text. Okay? Step into the Bible study with me just for one moment. He says, since you forgot me, I'm going to be like a lion. Now, we know the lion is a great metaphor for God, right? Because he is the lion of the tribe of what? Come on, y'all study our word. So he says, I'm going to be like a lion and like a leopard by the road. Leopards wait for their prey. They, they lurk. They get very low. Oh, National Geographic. They, they, they get real low and they, they wait and they smell. They just wait. So God is saying, I'm going to be like a lion, but I'm going to come like a leopard. He, this is what he's going to do now. He's going to meet us like a bear who had their cubs taken from him. Do you ever want to get into a fight with an angry bear? So he just told me he's going to be a lion, a leopard, and a bear. Them are three animals I don't want to have nothing to do with. When they're mad at me. Oh my God. But it is a metaphor that God is saying he's coming after our, he's not coming to destroy us. Right? But, but he's, he wants us to see something because he says, but your help is from me. See, so he's saying this, catch this. He's saying, I am going to come like a lion. I'm going to move away all other prey from you. Uh oh, uh oh, and I'm going to be waiting for you, and I'm going to meet you like a bear deprived of her cup. I'm going to come with such a vengeance and such a, a, an attack, and, and I'm going to rip open. It's not. He's going to rip open our rib cage. Check that out now. He's going to tear us open. Why? Because it's his. It's his heart that he's after. Did, did you catch it? Did you catch it? So he's coming after us because something else has grabbed our attention and grabbed our heart. But he loves us so much that he's going to come after us, rip us to open heart surgery. Oh, my God. Because he's after our heart. Oh, my God. So you're going to think you're getting tore up. but you, Because if you ever go through open heart surgery, it's like, how is this going to work? They rip you open. And God says, I got to rip you open because there's some stuff that has gotten on the inside. Oh, my God. I feel my help that, that I need to come after and I need to rip it out of you. I can't, I can't babysit and do this thing gently. I got to do it real quick and real swift. And he says,
said, this is what my love looks like. And now let me prove it to you. He says, now I will be your king because there is no other that may save you in all your cities and the judges whom you said, give me a king, princess, and I gave you a king in my anger and took him away in my wrath. Sometimes, but while God is doing open heart surgery, he'll give you what you think you need. Only to let you understand that that's not what you needed. Like the prodigal son who asked for his inheritance too soon. And the father gave it to him. Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing. God ever give you something you asked for only to find out why did I ask? Oh, my God. I, 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 God, give it. God, take it away. God, God, I need you to take it away. So sometimes he gives us what we ask for knowing it's not good for us. It's a tactic of the father. He's after our heart. Because he thought if you had it, you were going to be happy. He said, nope, that ain't going to make you happy. And so he says this. This is the close. We own, we're done. This is so great. I ain't forget what I'm talking about. But let me just, because we're about to have church in about 10 minutes. He says, the iniquity of Ephraim is bound up. His sin is stored up. The sorrows of a woman in childbirth shall come upon him. He is an unwise son, for he should not stay long where children are born. Here, here it is. Sin has now reached its limit. Sorrow has reached its limit. But the Bible says where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. He, he brings in this point because this is what iniquity does and this is what sin does. It, it makes you stay in the womb too long. And any, any woman in here that has given birth to any type of child, y'all better help me, has understood that you don't want the child to stay in too long. If the child stays in too long, they start saying things like, we, we might have a problem. We might have to go in and take it out because if it stays in too long, there is a, a possibility that the child could die or the mother could die or both could die. Y'all better help me. Y'all better help me. I'm trying to help you understand something that God is saying, I need to go in and tear you open so I can get your heart because there's some things that I've been trying to birth in you that you have been in the womb too long. You, you, you've been letting dreams and, and, and purpose marinate too long. There is a time for everything. There is a time to give birth. And there's, y'all better help me. I'm talking to somebody that, that you've been in the womb too long. It's time to push that thing out. Woo! Help me up in here. So he's saying iniquity has been bound up. It's been stored up. It has reached its limit. And I can't allow the sin to kill the baby. I can't allow. See, that, that, that now with this COVID, y'all heard the last thing. Because before they were saying the kids can't get it, right? The kids are immune. But we found out that was a lie. Because they don't really know what the heck going on with this thing, right? So now what, what happened is this child, this baby was born with COVID. And they said that the baby contracted COVID in the womb. Uh-huh. 
because whatever the mother has and is carrying gets transmitted to the baby. Oh my God. That's why you can't hold on to a vision too long and have doubt in your system because doubt will affect the baby. Fear will affect the baby. If you're not eating the right things, it'll affect the baby. And God said, I've had enough with this analogy and this picture. So since you ain't got enough sense to come after me, I'm going to come after you. Somebody said, thank God for grace. <laughs> While you're in your mess, where sin abounded, grace abound. Okay, okay. He, he said, we're an unwise son. Prove it to me, Pastor. What that mean? Well, here it is. As I close this wonderful message, verse 14, I will, I, I will, that, that's God speaking. That is, I, God says, he will ransom them from the power of the grave. We're talking about Israel right now, right? The one who's backsliding all the time, right? The one who act like they don't know God, right? He said, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. Oh, death, where is your sting? <laughs> oh, grave, where is your victory? But, but look what he says. Pity is hidden from my eyes. God said, I'm not doing this as a pity act. I'm doing this as a love act. And the Bible says in 1 Peter, I'm done. For chapter 1, verse 18, knowing that you were redeemed not with silver or gold from the aimless conduct received by traditions of your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Before I close this wonderful message, let me make you go to Isaiah chapter 52. Isaiah 52 says it like this, verses 1 through 6. He says, awake, awake, put on my strength. O Zion, put on thy beauty for garments. Somebody say, put them on. O Jerusalem, the holy city. From henceforth, there shall no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down. O Jerusalem, loose yourself from the bands of your neck. O captive daughter of Zion, for thus says the Lord, you have sold yourselves for nothing, but you shall be redeemed without money. For thus says the Lord God, my people went down a full time into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Now, therefore, what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught? They that rule over them make them to howl says the Lord, and my name continually every day is blasphemy. 
Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, they shall know in that day that I am he that do speak. Behold, it is I. The greatness of God's grace. I just wanted to come here to tell you that we sold ourselves for nothing. But the fulfillment of Hosea is found in the New Testament. Where if God redeemed them with nothing, God redeemed us with the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, y'all still ain't catching. It's not by our works. It's by what he chose to do. He knew the beginning from the end. And if it had not been for his grace, if it, if, if it had, see, his blood, when he shed his blood, that was grace. When he came, that was grace. When he said, there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, that was grace. See, see, we get caught up in what we're caught up in. But if it had not been for his grace, grace is an empowerment, not just to be freed from sin but to have victory over sin. Oh, y'all better help me. See, see, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're involved in. That's why you never judge a thing before it's time. Because I'm still walking in his grace. And I know that hell can't keep me because of his grace. I know that depression can't keep me because of his grace. I know that death can't have me because of his grace. I know that I got victory because of grace. I'm still married because of grace. I can be a father to my kids because of grace. I can pastor this church because of grace. It's all by grace. I can pay my bills by grace. I can love y'all better help me up in here. It's by grace. Somebody better give God some praise for grace. Hallelujah. And see, we all, we all marinated in grace. When he elevates you, it's by grace. I know, I know you don't feel like you can. You ain't worthy. Nobody's worthy. Nobody, listen, if God would pass judgment, we'd all be gone. Woo. That's why he said it's not by your works, lest any should boast. Oh, do you have enough faith for grace? Oh, my God. Because you got to have faith for grace, too. Because if you can't believe in it, you can't receive it. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Who? I thank God. I thank God that he didn't decide to get down off that cross and say, forget this. They're not treating me right. They're not listening. They don't even believe who I am. And still, over 2,000 years later, that same blood, that same grace, the same grace that allowed Jesus to put their ear back on the soldier, the same grace they had him say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That that same grace that got Lazarus up out of the grave. That that same grace that made Jesus heal Jairus' daughter. That, that same grace, because that grace, if, 
I thank God that sin can't stop a miracle. Because when I needed a miracle, I couldn't pay for a miracle. I ain't have nothing in my bank account. Oh, oh my God, let me help you. That's why Jesus said when he left captivity captive, he gave gifts to men. And Ephesians said that we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That was a deposit of a guaranteed purchased possession. Oh, Oh my God, help me up in here. Let's have some church up in here. That means Jesus came down here, put a deposit. He put us on layaway. Y'all remember layaway? You go to the store and grab everything because you ain't want nobody else to get it. Knew you ain't had enough money for it. Put $10 down and had them hold it forever. Black folk were good for some layaway, boy. Because we wasn't buying nothing out right nowhere. Now we go in there and get the best stuff. <laughs> Not knowing what was in the package. Have them put it behind. Hold it for us. Didn't know we was going to have to cancel it. I'm going somewhere, trust me, I'm going somewhere. But Jesus got down, came down, put us all on layaway, knowing he was getting de defective equipment. Hit us. In him. Oh my God. So that anybody coming by looking at his merchandise, trying to do anything to his stuff, the cashier go in the back and say, You're up, your name is on it. That's your stuff. Up, oh, Jesus, your name, that's. By his name. And when it's all over, he gonna crack the sky and come back for his layaway. Y'all better help me up in here. Defects and all. He said, listen, I'm gonna put it on layaway while it's defected. I'm gonna work on it from heaven. When I come back for it, it's gonna be perfect. Y'all better help me up in it. That's grace. I'm here to tell you, he ain't done with you yet. <laughs> grace is still working on you. I'ma close, cause I see, I, I, I'ma leave y'all alone. I'ma leave y'all, that's just the greatness of grace. That's why he said you've been bought with a price, you are not your own. <laughs> you are not your own. Ain't that amazing? 
Hosea is so wonderful. When you look at that and you see all that there is to see God coming for his people. Now next week, if God say the same, we're going to close this out and we're going to be sealed. And we shall understand that it's his love. It's his love. It's funny because he never talks about Gomer anymore. He doesn't even talk about it. He doesn't bring her up. Just go marry her and let me show you this picture. So when you start thinking about who's not supposed to be, when you start putting yourself down, don't, don't put yourself down. Don't allow people to put you down. Understand that God paid for you. Paid for you. And that's a good thing. A good purchase. That's my wife. That's a good purchase. All right? I know some people that'll buy stuff and return it all day long. I ain't gonna say no names. They are professional returners. I ain't messing with y'all. Let's stand. Father, we bless you. Yeah, I'm glad God ain't returned me. Ooh, Jesus. I don't need this. <laughs> That'd be cruel, wouldn't it be? I just had a far side moment. God, see, you can't say, I'm sorry. No. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace. That you love us in spite of ourselves. Let's understand that grace is not a license to sin, but a license to be better. We thank you for your patience with us for your kindness and your love, that you think more of us than we think of ourselves. Help us to get the right vision of who we are in you so that we can do the things that you've called us to do so that we could be the people you've called us to be. We want to thank you, God. You know, I want to thank you for the blessings that you are shining even in the midst of this COVID. How you are drawing this, clo this church closer together because we, got, we, we're so hungry for, for fellowship with just somebody we just, we're just gonna be it's just gonna be us <laughs> we ain't got no choice but to, but to have I got to go see somebody I got, <laughs> so I thank God for what you're doing continue to let the work be done in us so that we can show this light to others in our world Keep us throughout this week and the things that we have before you. We give you glory and honor for all these things. Grace and peace.